Hello, and welcome to Hard Fried History, a hybrid history and comedy podcast run by two aspiring entertainers. Podcast is more of a rant, really. That have failed at almost everything else. I don't fail because I don't try, so there. We appreciate you checking us out, and if you want to see extra content, follow us on Instagram or give us a like on Facebook at Hard Fried History. Subscribe to us on YouTube or tell us we're full of shit on Twitter at, at HFH Podcast. If you like going that extra mile, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening and leave us a a flattering a glowing review and of course tell your friends family and even people you don't like about us that's right again thank you for listening and without further ado the episode Welcome back to another episode of Hard Fried History. Uh, without further ado, we're just going to get into it. It's going to be Saudi Royal Family Part 2. Uh, when we last left off, it was 1953, and Ibn Saud had just passed. Uh, the proprietor, the kind of creator, the kind of the first king of what we know as Saudi Arabia today. The patriarch. The patriarch, the dude who, yeah, who expanded the borders, got Saudi Arabia to, I think, it's most land that they had ever had. Um, but... To understand like what we're going to be talking about on this today's episode, we in in this next portion of Saudi history, we need to understand uh, what happened on May fourteenth, nineteen forty eight, which was the creation of Israel. Um, of course, I don't want to get into <laughs> Israel and Palestine on this. <laughs> so I'm going to just say there was an eighty twenty split. Palestinians got fucked over. It's all fucked. I don't want to. It's yeah. There's yeah. It's a longer episode. It's a longer yeah. thing than me yeah. just fucking shooting the shit with. <laughs> <laughs> and meanwhile, I'm just sweating trying to think of like the safest zinger I can. Yeah, the safest. Know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there's no. Yeah, that happens. Just... <laughs> 1948. That's a thing that happened. <laughs> so to understand uh, the next part of this history, we have to understand. That Israel is being created, and let, to put it lightly, the Arab states don't like that. Yeah, not <laughs> that, not at all. They're not fucking with that. Uh, some more on the on the side of uh, of like Arab nationalism, and you know, and in, in, in kind of taking up the the cause of Palestinians, and then some in uh, some of the Saudis, kind of uh, in their realm, more of like, hey, we're just the protectors of all islamic holy sites mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't really care about them <laughs> we fuck with them that much but these holy sites though. <laughs> yeah but jerusalem is a holy site all right so really, i hadn't heard that yeah that's a no i'm just i'm just being an asshole i know <laughs> um okay so understand that we have these conflicts that are going on of course you have the 19 19- 48 Arab-Israeli war. You have Palestinian Fedayeen insurgency, uh, which I've never heard of uh, until this. Uh, the Suez Canal crisis. Uh, 
there's the war of attrition between 1967 and 1970 and then there's the yom kippur war and then and also to understand this time period, you have to understand that there's a guy named General. Uh, wait, it's uh, it's going to be Gamel. Wait, it's Jamal Abdel Nasser. I know him as Nasser, uh, which is an Egyptian revolutionary. Um, he, he deposed the king of Egypt and then was the president of Egypt, a ruler of Egypt for I think was it's about like a, over a decade. Um, yeah. yeah, I think actually 17 years. Like 30, uh, I think. Because he was, I think, assassinated in 81? Or no, 70. No, 69. 70. 69. Oh, okay. okay. Right. 69, which was something we'll cover in this episode. Also, another thing we're going to have to understand, Arab nationalism, um, which is kind of the, 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 the want of Arabs to like, own their own, like, have their own state. Like, kind of it's uh, also, it, it's been described in the book like several different ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. my understanding of it is that like, it's kind of like, uh, Arabs wanting the ability to have their own state, maybe become a a one state, um, it's like self governance stuff. It's you know democracy, that all that type of stuff. Mm. Um, and and so now that we understand like though like the kind of the background, the kind of uh, the the kind of popular sentiment at the time, the major figures, we go back to what's going on in the Saudi royal family. Ibn Saud has died, and now it's it's between Saud, it's between the elder Saud. And this guy and this guy named Faisal. The other Saud is Saud bin Abdulaziz Al Saud. Um, we're gonna call him Saud for short. He has succeeded his father. He is this, the successor, and the second in command is gonna be Faisal. Uh, so the, when Saud succeeds his father, right? He has like a kind of like a, a national policy of like uh, he basically creates all these departments um, and is part of like a big like spending campaign. And creation of these departments to like better the conditions of the Saudi people, um, and it, and in 1953 he has a decision to like move the ministries from Jeddah, which was like the capital, to Riyadh, which, is, which sparks like the birth of Riyadh, and Riyadh becomes a big official, the official capital and a major city, a more of a major city at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saud's half brother is of course yes Faisal bin Abdulaziz, and he is going to be like the prime minister, which is the second in command. Um, so after they do like their oh half brother okay yeah half brother so the elder like the the patriarch side it's there's there are a lot of names and they all and a lot of them have this mm-hmm. a lot of the guys share kind of the same name um, the elder side had like forty seven kids and it and a lot of them by different women it was from my understanding yeah. it was like he had kind of you know I mean they had he had the ability to have a lot of wives and that was so they're all like half brothers of each other. Yeah. <laughs> That all in like, I think you can go all the way up to Abdullah, which is like going to be the guy after Khalid, uh, who's the king. I think he's also a son of Abdulaziz, the original mm-hmm. patriarch, yeah. Saad. Um, so, kind of going back into the Saad of the 1950s, the the second son of the patriarch Saad, uh, he he on like at, on a foreign policy level. Like he's kind of he, he it's his want he kind of talks about unifying uh, Muslims all over the world and he is a strong like non-aligned policy guy, so like the Russians will 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 the, the Soviets at the time will throw stuff at him and he'll kind of throw it off but then also the U.S. will throw stuff at him and he'll throw it off. Um, he wants to kind of stay in the middle. He kind of wants just to kind of 
protect Arabs and 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 and, and kind of promote Arab nationalism in a sense, but not too much because of course he is a he's a he's a monarch. Yeah. And <laughs> and some of the ideas that Nasser and those Arab nationalists are, are like espousing are directly in, you know, in opposition to his whole country setup. I imagine non-aligned almost leaves the door open to doing business with whomever you yeah know? Is that you can still you cannot but everybody's alienate private any you cannot alienate businessmen in the u.s and you don't have to deal with like the government but you can still have these little like side projects of private private dudes going on but also not deal with all that cold war beef and but also you know you're not you're not on either side so you're 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 you offers a doors open to anybody, you know? But there's no, you can't do that in terms, well, you can't do that because one, they want you to choose sides, but particularly in this particular context, you have Israel, which is backed by the U.S. Yeah. And then you have all these countries attacking, like that hate that are attacking Israel. And Iran and still to, you know, time, right? Tit for tat, like, you know what I mean? What'd you say? And I, Iran still. Yeah, I you have Iran, you have Iran still, right? But you have those those main Arab countries of Jordan mm-hmm. and 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 Syria and Egypt, all of which are Arab countries, which Saudi Arabia is mm-hmm. one of the forefront of that. They're all attacking a US ally being and a lot of them are being backed and funded by Soviet, you know, money. But you yourself as Saudi Arabia are intertwined with US oil companies mm-hmm. and a US ally basically yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So you have to do this weird dance, which is what they have to do through I the see. entire Cold War yeah. of just like we support we support Arab nations attacking Israel, but at the same time, like we're still a U.S. ally. We're not going to not take these petrodollars. Yeah, and it's it's reasons why like when you look at like 1967, I think that's the Six Days War. Like they're not they don't send they don't have people there, but they'll send mm-hmm. money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just kind of going more through uh Saud's still in power, the uh the 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 second son of the Saud is still in power. <laughs> There's too mm-hmm. many names. Uh he's still in power. And of course, Nasser is Nasser comes to power in nineteen fifty two and it's this like beaming light of like Arab nationalism and like kind of almost like pro democracy like yep. like flavor yep. <laughs> right next to him. That he's trying to be buddy buddy with, but again, people on his own, like uh, yeah. Faisal and people, like the second in command, was like, "You can't really be." They're talking about the overthrow of our kingdom. You know what I mean? So just like, uh, uh, was he Nasser was because he was just anti monarchy everywhere, or yeah. did he want to export his own revolution? So there's, all right, so there's he he backed these guys named the Free Princes, uh, which is which is it's a group of of, of Saudi princes. That like I think they either abandon their like stakes, like they abandon like their land, or they abandon like their kind of thrones, and pro like promoted like pro democracy and like a a slide mm. towards like a constitution and all of these things that they kind of you know within Saudi Arabia and they were backed by Nasser and they were like they show up uh, and like when they're exiled outside of Saudi Arabia. Uh, a lot of them go to spend time in Cairo. They pop up in uh, in Yemen, in like kind of in a kind of a proxy war that's fought there between kind of Nasser and the, like the the Saudis. 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, he he's he he does that. Uh, that's like that's like him kind of you know decaying it from the from the from the inside. He also has there's like a radio Cairo that's constantly like pumping messages, pro democracy mm. messages in the Saudi Arabia. Mm. So, so like, because I've also heard that Nasser was he's been portrayed, especially around the time of the Suez Canal crisis as like, Oh, he was just one of Khrushchev's cronies. And it's like, no, he was actually kind of like, I don't want to say sensibly socialist because I legitimately do not know enough about Egypt. I have books yeah. on Nasser that I want to read really bad because yeah. he's a he really interesting like, figure. He yeah. seems like nobody's man is the thing. He seems like his own man, but that can get you into problems. He was assassinated too. True. So he can't have been super popular. I mean, some of people say <laughs> <laughs> um, the the he so even with the free princes, they like wanted to like they were talking towards the end of like their stuff. They were talking about murdering like the print, like the saw, like the king and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And Nasser, even in that, was like, ah, I don't really fuck with all that. Like open yeah, obligation yeah, of like murdering. Yeah, 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 you don't do yeah. all that. In, in the end, like these free princes, they end up like coming back under Saudi rule. Like the guy, the guy, one of the top guys is a guy named Prince Talal, and he ends up coming back under and like coming back a part of coming back to Saudi Arabia after a while uh, because of Faisal's reforms, which is going to be the next guy after. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Assad. He comes back because it's uh because basically like all of that they like liked all the stuff that he did. Oh. <laughs> um. Still, we're still in Saud's reign. Um, the in in nineteen fifty seven, uh, basically, like the American government gives like gives them a two hundred fifty million dollar like loan, uh, so they can get like all types of land, like sea, like weapons and stuff, and and it, to train the Saudis how to use them. In return, like the it was like basically they wanted Saud to promote. Uh, it wanted Saud to like they gave him a base. That they wanted Saud to give them a base, and then also they wanted him to like promote like kind of the Eisenhower doctrine throughout the Middle East. Um, some countries fucked with it. Other countries didn't. Like, I think it was particularly like Egypt and Jordan were like, we don't fuck with that. Um, yeah, it, 1958 is kind of when like the like struggle for power between Saud and Faisal begins. Um, basically, the, the Saud guy was like just spending a shit ton of money. <laughs> like he was super extravagant with it. He was also like the homebody and like not like super adept at like, you know, all like the kind of foreign policy economic stuff, but he was just like spending a shit ton of money that they were accusing him of like crazy largesses. He also had a crazy drinking problem which they, they talked about. Um and basically uh some kind of elder Saudis were trying to get him the fuck out of there. They basically like had him hand over and delegate some power to his 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 the little brother, little half brother, uh, Faisal. Um, they kind of go back and forth. It's a it's a whole thing. That after a while, you, you're gonna end around 1962. Faisal uh, Saud, uh, King Saud, leaves the country for like a medical procedure. In the meantime, Faisal puts together a cabinet. Um, and basically kind of declares himself king. Uh, he kind of like strips him of power. Fi- uh, the elder Saud comes back. Uh, the older brother comes back. He tries, to, he tries to call the National Guard. There's like a kind of a standoff situation. And then 
uh, Faisal uh, basically shows that he has a, I think either Faisal had a ulema, which is basically like a, a, a edict from like the religious court saying that Saad needed to step down. Saad ends up stepping down, um, is just basically a figurehead, and then hands over po uh, power to Faisal. Now, I mean, the book didn't like really speculate on if like, all right, was Faisal getting rid of Saad part of a wider thing pressured by the U.S. government to like get rid of this non-aligned country that could, you know, that that wasn't exactly cooperating with the U.S. government's whims, but at the same time, you have uh, him, you know, working with the Eisenhower administration in 1957 to like. Yeah. <laughs> so it it seems it seems like more like of an internal thing. Where, yeah, Saud mm -hmm. was just not the, the he he was you know in terms of money he was he was spending too much he just had the kind of largesse I think that there were certain problems with drinking um, where they just were like elder Saud's like yeah, we gotta get him out of here no there's um, there legit could just be a, a sibling rivalry that yeah. just got heated I think there's a tendency to assume especially during the Cold War times that like anything that ha and we were doing a lot of a lot of, lot of skullduggery. A lot, a lot of skullduggery. A lot of skullduggery over here. dagger type <laughs> yeah. action going on. You know, a lot of, a lot of spy versus spy type yeah. stuff. But there's a tendency to assume that anything that happened after, you know, during the Cold War, a lot of it was due to American involvement. But it's like, no, sometimes, sometimes sibling rivalries exist. And, yeah, you know, they, there might be like little tendrils of intelligence and there might be little nods and like, we would support you if you were to do this independently, but also that could be an overestimation of, you know, everybody's going to be an opportunist when they can. Or, you know, yeah, of course. I if mean, there's it, something to be gained, then sure. But as far as like, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you the weapons and we'll, you should do this as far as us planning it. That's a little, that's a little ethnocentric, I want to say. Yeah, no. Centric. No, it's not. It's, it's true. Uh, it was, they also, they it was like the what the book was I'll bring up the book again the house of Saad, david holden richard jones um it it was they it made it seem like it also made it seem like from the foreign policy aspect of just like they really didn't like that he was like fucking with nasser <laughs> like mm -hmm. that he was kind of like not anti like that whole strain and i think even like i think Saad had basically made that to the prince to law guy uh who was part of the free princes like the finance director, it was like he was mm. too buddy buddy <laughs> with like the shit that was like yeah. they th they saw as a real fucking threat, and then plus the drinking, plus the spending, they're like, all right, you, you, they got him the fuck out of it. So he goes into exile and leaves Saudi Arabia in January 1965. Lives in exile after that. Um, that same year uh, that he pulled a coup d'état, Crown Prince Faisal announced uh, like he, he had the historic like ten point plan. Which I thought was funny because when Saad came to power, he also had a ten-point plan. But anyway, well, some of the some of the bigger ones, bigger points of this ten-point plan, they established a Supreme Council for like issuing fatwas, um, and, and, and I think it's comprising of twenty-member jurists. Um, it improved. One of the points was just improving the, the social level of all Saudi people, free medical treatment, free education, the exemption of, of many foodstuffs, uh, in addition to social security system, and a system to protect workers from unemployment were, were, were established. Uh, the establishment of economic recovery, uh, like like it's like a development plan for developing, you know, like the 
the citizens, like that's the road network uh, infrastructure, basically. And one, and the last two were continuing. Uh, this, these are the two, some highlights I pulled. The last two highlights I pulled: continuing uh, developing girls' education and the the and the elimination of slavery slavery in the nineteen sixty two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was, that, was, that, meant, that should have been really checked off the box a little bit. Early. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we heard list about a little bit Brazil earlier. in uh, Brazil in the 1880s, and I was like, wow, that seems like it took them a while. That 1962 was like, oh. <laughs> I remember thinking Iran was okay. back because Iran's like 1925, but 1962 was like it was like yeah. I think it was like they put the numbers like it was like 1800 slaves. Huh. Like in the entire, I don't know if that was true. I don't like. I don't know how, how I got that number from the book. What is your ten point plan? Uh, what is my ten point Do plan? Do you have a ten point plan? Oh no, it's it's. I you know you know I know it's not not on my ten point plan. Uh, the elimination of slavery because it's I've already, already it's already done. <laughs> yeah, it's already been done. Thank It's already been done. It's not it's not something we're just getting around to. Can I tell you my uh, ten point plan? Chuck Berry had came out. Chuck uh, Berry. Chuck Berry had was came out. Ah yes 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 yes. During Chuck the, Berry the came out mm-hmm. and was mm-hmm. singing his songs, mm-hmm. and it was still slavery. Sorry, <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, what's your ten point plan? My ten point plan. Um. Casual Fridays, mandatory okay. casual Fridays. Yeah, you thought so, about this already. Uh, I guess it's a three-day weekend. How do you I'm love bounced. casual Fridays when you've never worked? I work a... every day. Every day is casual <laughs> for me, but just because it ain't casual doesn't mean we're not doing real work, right? Just because I work in my PJs doesn't mean I don't work, right? All right, okay. that's a real angry man. Casual <laughs> Fridays, public-use bounce houses, okay. um, increased tax on oil bandits and uh, oil barons and they're they're going yeah. to uh the taxes are going to go to providing the like administrative infrastructure to make sure that these public bounce houses stay clean right I, because I, they can get real dirty especially public you need to you need to have some staff on hand to make sure that nothing goes too crazy in there right i like how you have supervisory staff I'm sorry. i like how you have texas up what you just like, like this? It's just so Texas to call anybody you don't like a bandit. A bandit, man. Yeah, bandit, man. They're calling oil bandits. Bandit. You know? mm-hmm. That's what they are, man. Was that a good um, enough joke to go back a minute for? No. <laughs> but I refuse to let it go. <laughs> Hacky sack Thursdays. I'm okay, all right. We're moving. Mandatory. We're moving on. We're moving on with the Hacky the, sack <laughs> Thursdays, right? Just like you know, you had. We're your moving on with the pot. Exercise. Okay. As king, <laughs> no. So, as king, Faisal employed Islam as you know one of one of Saudi Arabia's foreign policy tools. Um, he was a strong U.S. A- ally, um, and, of, and of course, what I'm saying is he he considered himself a protector of Islam's holy sites. That was what he what he considered himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think all Saudi Saudi. Royalty considers himself that, of course, with, of course, with Mecca and Medina. Um, he, he was a, particularly with King Faisal, he was a, a strong U.S. ally, like, like, stayed with the U.S. 
Um, he was virulently like anti-communist. Um, uh, one thing, one thing he 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 after the Six Day War, uh, he basically he was like he was like he he basically told all his relatives like um, that 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 Jerusalem was lost to the Israelis, and it, and at that point they said they never saw him smile again. Mm. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, he doesn't look like a smiley guy to begin with, and I, 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 I'll just put the, I put a picture in the brief for for Henry. It does not look, it does not look like that. Um, and uh, Faisal, the way I can explain him, dude, is he like he basically, he's like Glenn Beck. Like he had, <laughs> he had like he did talk about like the Zionist communist conspiracy a lot. Like he okay. was. He, and he did he did use the word crypt I think it was crypto communists to describe uh the free prince <laughs> like, what is a what is a crypto communist I don't even know what the fuck that like, means fi- like cryptocurrency I've crypto, never heard, like crypto crypto communists I don't know so what he's that talking means. about like communists on on the cloud I don't know if I he had a state he had like a couple of quotes uh one where he was just talking about the crypto what were you talking about? Like he was like they were talking about the Wailing Wall. Like he was like he was like he yeah. basically said like Jewish people have no sacred sites in Jerusalem. And then somebody was like, "What about the Wailing Wall?" And he was like, "Yeah, it doesn't. I can build them another <laughs> fucking wall. Like it's a, <laughs> the fucking wall. <laughs> like it's like yeah, you are. so his his Zionist it's a communist, hot take hot take yeah." <laughs> In his Zionist like communist conspiracy, basically his shit was that like Zionism helped communism because by the creation of the state state of Israel, it made all these countries attack Israel. And Israel, as a U.S. ally, uh, anybody who fucked who was against Israel uh, in the U.S. then would become communist. Therefore, enhancing yeah. the Zionist. Government. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. It could just, right. okay, it, it could be that it's a conspiracy, or it could be that these are just like, you know, groups of people with different interests. Yeah. No, you're communist. No, you're communist. No, no. This is a you, you attack a U.S. ally. You're communist. No, this okay? is a that's I. He went. <laughs> like, that's how it works. I don't, I'm sorry. I don't make the rules. Okay. <laughs> so, and uh, so, uh, kind of. Moving forward, uh, after the Six Day War, nineteen sixty-seven, and I think it widely, wider, wider, widely defined as you know the, the War of Attrition from sixty-seven to seventy. Um, you're gonna have King Saud, the first, uh, the first guy we talked about. He gets, he's gonna die in exile in February twenty-third of nineteen sixty-nine. Um, also, there's gonna be a he, he'd been in exile seven years. I think four years at that point. Oh. No, seven oh, years, okay. sixty-two. No, I think he hung yeah. around for a little bit and then went into exile in sixty-five. Okay. So four years, I think, at that point. Um, also, there was a mild coup attempt in nineteen sixty-nine. It wasn't really; a, it was more of a planning of a coup that they figured out, um, and it was like a barely a coup formed, d'état light. Yeah, it was like barely formed. There was like no ideological. There was no ideological coherence. Less um, calories in a coup d'état light. Yeah, like there's no real meat in this coup d'état. Like they weren't. Uh-huh. Like they, the only thread between was just basically that they hated the royal family, and there was a crackdown that followed, and in that crackdown, the parts of the the Saudi, the Saudi the parts of the state took the opportunity to uh, persecute Shias, um, uh, Shia Shia Muslims, and then uh, like I think it was somebody 
somebody, I think it was like a, a government official, was asked like, uh, why why would these people picked up? And, and the dude was just like, because they're Shia. And they're like, mm. expecting that that was a big enough reason yeah. to pick, detain, and like torture people. Uh, there were incidents of, of torture, particularly this guy, this guy named Omar Shams, who was this uh, Indian Muslim dude who uh, now lived in Saudi Arabia. He was a torturer. His particular method that he, did, he invented, because in Islam, you cannot cut people open like cutting open up, coming over a body, like I think it's like a dead body or, or like cutting, like violating bodies is wrong. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, I know cutting open a dead body is particularly wrong. Um, they like, even so to like in this time, like if you want to be a surgeon in Saudi Arabia to learn how to like cut, cut the bodies and work with bodies, you would go outside of the country to another medical school because you mm-hmm. couldn't do that in, in inside the country mm-hmm. of Saudi Arabia. So Omar Shams, uh, a torturer, uh, figured out a way to get around that. He just used to put people in refrigerated lockers to get around like Sharia laws, <laughs> and he would put you in a refrigerated locker like naked until you like because like sang or just died. Yeah, or you just you cried for mercy and would tell oh, them. Oh, yeah, I see. Because you need to find a way to torture people, but yeah. you can't use knives. Yeah. There's plenty of ways. There's plenty of ways. They There's plenty of ways to get inventive it done. torturing. Mm-hmm. That's what Henry uh-huh. Price brings to the table. That's what I'm all about, man. <laughs> so, Pushing the envelope, okay? And moving forward, uh, on September 28th, 1970, Na- uh, Nasser dies of a heart attack. Um, Saudi Royal Court is jubilant. Uh, Faisal hated Nasser. Um, worked in pre- it was in his web of his Zionist communist. <laughs> Conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy that succeeds, uh, succeeds Nasser is going to be Anwar Sadat. He's a compromise candidate between Mohadeen and Sabri. Sabri is the U.S. It's pro USSR, and then Mohadeen is pro US. Uh, if I'm correct about that, I know he just uh, Sadat is like the middle. He's like the he just was the compromise camp candidate. Um, Sadat is also a member of the Muslim Brotherhood, um, which is an organization that people know that that is you know for you know the you know the the furthering and educate of the Muslim world, but also they will, are particularly known for using violence <laughs> to accomplish their means. At the, you know this is what they know at this time. Yeah, um, I think they started in the twenties as just sort of a I don't want to call them exclusively reactionary but particularly in the context of like british colonialism yeah they're like no one of the earliest like national groups to emerge in the 20s and 30s that were very anti-british and we have our own traditions Mm -hmm. and here they are yes we will spell them out for you and yeah we need to use violence to indicate how much we don't want you here then we're gonna do it yeah they will yeah yeah Yeah. but that can get messy that yeah that that, i mean it did it did it always does um (laughs) So, so of course, you know, uh, one, one thing about Nasser dying, um, it, was, it was interesting, it's kind of this, this guy under Faisal, uh, Kamal Adham, who is the chief, chief of intelligence of Saudi Arabia. Um, he's the brother-in-law of Faisal. Um, and he, like, convinced Faisal that they could work with Anwar Sadat. Um, and particularly before Nasser's death, um, uh, uh, Kamal Adham um, went into business and had like joint holdings 
with Sadat, uh, with Jahan Sadat, which is Anwar Sadat's wife. Yeah. I can so, see how why he would change his tune. You know? Yeah, you see why? <laughs> you know what I mean? And mm. yeah, I, I, I was, I was, I've been reading this book, and I've been like, why did they kill this dude? It didn't seem like there's a lot, but like. <laughs> The David Holden guy who was, I think he was, he was killed in Cairo. And yeah, kind of putting it out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that could get you clapped. That can get you yeah, clapped. Yeah, I mean, I wonder I wonder what else was going on between Kamal Adham and Jihan Sadat. You know? Yeah. It's, that it can't could be just business, right? You, you got you to gotta, you gotta drink some champagne. You got to toast to a successful endeavor, do you not? That Kamal Adham dude shows up. I mean, of course, it's it's the you, when the Kamal Adam dude shows up in every single one of like the countries that are in trouble around Saudi Arabia, mm. like where it's kind of like a turbulent situation. He'll just pop up and be part of like the thing that like settles it down. Mm. <laughs> in terms That's of a fun guy. That's a cool yeah. guy to know. You know. <laughs> yeah, he'll just like yeah yeah yeah. So. <laughs> um, an important thing happens also on the same day as Nasser's death. Arguably, not, uh, arguably, like more important. Uh, you know, God bless the man. Um, Gaddafi, <laughs> he always pops. He actually. The more I learn about Gaddafi, the more I once you get over the ne- initial shock of his presence, you start to like keep. He keeps popping up. Like, oh, you actually were a little, little important, motherfucker. Because <laughs> uh-huh. on the same day as Nasser's death, uh, Gaddafi gets Esso, uh, which is Exxon and BP to agree to pay more to take oil. And this breaks like the facade that these companies will all take. Like basically they had like a, a, a conglomeration, not conglomeration. Um, they had basically a, all the businesses, all the, the oil companies, when they went to like the Middle Eastern countries, basically a lot of them had agreed that they were all working yeah. unison to work at like the same price. Yeah. Do, again, do you call it a cartel or do you call it a trust? Yeah, so it's. I've heard a, a lot about the the seven sisters. I don't know if this is that, but it's supposed to be like seven oil companies that ruled the world during this time period or whatever. They they, so initially when in the book they talk about like, it, in the early twenties that's actually what got Chevron to 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 actually make more money and like become a bigger player is that they weren't mm-hmm. a part of this this mm-hmm. like this yeah. uh, co- cooperation group and. <laughs> And they actually got a to go cooperation into group. That's what we're. That's what yeah. we're going. <laughs> going. Uh, Circle of chums. They weren't part of this cartel. Buddies, they weren't part know? of this cartel. They got. Right. <laughs> they got them the, that that. So they they got to go into Saudi Arabia first. Um, the fellowship of the rig. Yeah. <laughs> huh. All right. <laughs> so 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 basically, the the all the Middle East countries look at Gaddafi and they're like, oh, he got them to pay more, and then they start mm-hmm. they start. Mm-hmm. Going back and forth. Now they've always been like successful. They always were arguing and kind of uh, negotiating with these oil companies to get their fair shake. But like after the Gaddafi thing, that's when it's like, oh right. no, I, if he can do it, we can fucking do it. Right. And, and if, and if uh, all uh, what Gaddafi didn't tell him is all he did was just give them give. He just gave them quaaludes. Yeah. He just <laughs> did quaaludes with all the businessmen and and talked to them while they were high on quaaludes. <laughs> so. This is when you're gonna have uh, Yasmani step in, who I think is, and he's instrumental in Saudi Arabia in OPEC, and then you're gonna have OPEC, uh, the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, which is an organization mm. or cartel of yep. 13 countries. Counter cartel, maybe. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So 
they they start negotiating they negotiate and there's the end of the Te- Tehran agreement uh air countries you know can now kind of set their own prices um uh, at this point uh at this point that's when that's when Saudi Arabia OPEC uh basically they they raised the the prices on fucking uh on uh I'm blanking on they raised the prices during during the Yom Kippur war uh they quadrupled the prices they like send America mm-hmm. into a mm-hmm. Economic like uh, kind of free yeah. fall because if, if you don't have oil, I don't think people understand. You, you're not gonna get any of the goods. <laughs> yeah, you, you're not gonna you get any of the yeah. shit. Like nothing, nothing can move in this country without. You always hear about the horrible gas lines in yeah. 1973 and just yeah. see those super surreal pictures of people just waiting hours to get gas. And it's just super funny to me that just a few nations in the world can be like, "Oh yeah, think you're all big and bad. Watch this," and then just well, flip the switch and. So King Saud had did it in during the 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 the, Su, the, the Suez Canal crisis, right? Mm-hmm. He did during that. So. Uh, he didn't do it during that. What he did was he he stopped the exporting of 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 tankers. He stopped tankers from picking ah. up and having yeah. a destination as Britain or France. Now those tankers would yeah. literally just go to another country and then from that mm-hmm. country go to Britain and France. But it mm-hmm. made like. But it made people have to go all the way around the Cape, yeah. the, the 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 Cape Cape of Africa, or the, the Horn, yeah, or Africa, yeah. So that was an issue. Like, but uh, what he does, what Faisal does no, in 1973, is 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 a more expansive and more like incredibly calculated version of somebody who's not directly involved in the war, but is a major backer of of particularly trying to hurt the U.S. Um, uh, so at this point, right, 1970, right, uh, Saudi Arabia has now stepped from like a side kind of position. You could, you know, maybe arguing, you could argue that they were one of many, a couple of powers. And then I think in the 50s and 60s, you can argue that they were one of two main superpowers in the region that uh, of, of the Middle East, that being Egypt and Saudi Arabia. So they move into like, from the they move into being the main person. All of the Saudi-aligned Middle East countries start winning. You're gonna have Jordan crushes. There's like a, a Palestinian guerrilla movement that they crush. Um, uh, Hafez uh, Sadat takes Hafez Sadat takes power. It, it, it's Syria. Uh, trans, the Trans Arabian uh, Trans Arabian uh, pipeline is repaired. I think that I think I'm supposed to, they're supposed to say Hafez Assad in Assyria. Mm. The, the elder Assad takes power in 1971. They repair the the, the Trans Arabian pipeline, and now there's oil flying out there. They, they're they kind of aligned with the Saudi Arabians. Uh, Jafari Namiri uh, of Sudan, which is like uh, Su- the Sudan and Saudi Arabia have a, a weird relationship. They're aligned. Uh, he survives a coup coup attempt. It's a weird story about that coup attempt because that coup attempt is like done by like the military, and then. <laughs> And like, like kind of like the communist, it's like a communist coup. No, it's a communist coup attempt because they have been living like side by side, Namiri and the communists, and they they attempt mm-hmm. to coup d'état him. Uh, there is a plane uh, backed by the MI. There's a plane of fucking, of like the leaders of that coup attempt that like, is headed back to the headed back to Sudan, that is like shot down by Gaddafi. With the help of MI6, apparently, hmm. you know, in because the the MI6 and Gaddafi, MI6 and Gaddafi are both, Gaddafi was slightly com- communist, but then he could 
he's a free agent. He's a free agent. Yeah, he's, he's always doing the offers. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it seems like he wanted to be the guy in the area. You know, he wanted to be yeah. like the, yeah, the cool guy. That is an astute. You know? That is an astute. And if uh, you if you've like if you've posted up in the public park, right? Yeah. And you're you're the guy who teaches like free yoga classes before you get certified and maybe you're also trying to like pop a cult off or whatever by giving these public sermons basically and and then like a another maybe slightly more handsome yoga instructor kind of kind of posts up in your same park you're not gonna tolerate you're the cool guy right you're the cool guy in the park you can't tolerate any other competition that's your that's your stump man Okay. Uh, uh, there's a okay. The move also happening. Uh, <laughs> sorry. It's cool. Uh, no. Sorry. Right. Oh, Faisal used to call uh, Gaddafi a, a, a maj noun, which is now my new. It's, a, it's like Arab for. It's like a Arabic for crazy. Majnoon. Uh, yeah, majnoon. A majnoon. But like, thanks for it was. I, I I don't I don't understand that shooting down of that plane. It yeah. makes no sense to me. But <laughs> weird how things align. Uh, yeah. And uh, also, there were, there were two threats that kind of remained in, in like the early seventies, um, according to Faisal. It's going to be like Iraqi Bathus, uh-huh. um, which was because like the Iraqi Bathus basically there was like an incident. I think it was in Abu Abu Dhabi uh, where the, the Iraq had basically like built up their embassy real quick, and there was like a shit ton of people. There was like too many people working at this embassy. And then, like, uh, kind of a, a high-ranking, like, Iraqi official was caught walking through the airport with a suitcase that just had a Kalashnikov in it. And they're like, right. <laughs> I'm like, why the, they got a big-ass embassy, they got a yep. big-ass embassy, and they got dudes just carrying Kalashnikovs. And <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> What's going on over there? <laughs> and also, you had the, you had the uh, USSR-backed uh, NLF in Yemen. Um, it, it also, in 1972... Uh, Saudi Arabia gains uh, gains control of twenty percent of Aramco, and it lessens like the U.S. Uh, kind of control over that company. And and, and Aramco is on the way to becoming a Saudi Arabian owned oil company. Um, as we as we kind of discussed a little bit earlier, of course we have the nineteen seventy three Yom Kippur War. Faisal um, Faisal it, it basically cuts the oil, da da da, the price, as we talked about. Um, and it was this use of, they do this like very regularly now. Like people watch OPEC and what it has to say mm-hmm. in the oil economy all the time now. Uh, this feels like the first time that they, they really pulled, like, it was like, all right, now it's a consideration. Yeah. You don't got no oil, (laughs) like, and they like the ability just to do that. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Shock the uh, world. Indonesia is in it as well. Yeah, it's thirteen. It's 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 uh, it's almost non-aligned in it. It's non-aligned in itself. Um, Okay, and moving forward, uh, Faisal uh, was named uh, Man Times Man of the Year in 1974 because of what he had done with the. Uh, during the you know the oil shortage, um, and then moving forward in March of 1975, uh, King Faisal is assassinated. Uh, he's assassinated by Faisal bin Musaid, which was like it's like a cousin 
he's like a he's a he's a, he's royalty. He's like he's like a mm. the younger person. Um, he basically kills and shoots Faisal, um, and it was they 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 kind of blamed it on his him get like the the younger Faisal bin Musaid being radicalized by his girlfriend at the University of Colorado. I think this is at mm-hmm. Boulder. And like mm-hmm. taking LSD and da 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 da. That'll do it. Yeah, and that that was that that was what. Uh, That's what you do, man. That's what you do at the University of bo- Boulder, yeah, Boulder, Colorado. <laughs> you do LSD. You buy water for elephants yeah. at one of the local downtown bookstore. You tip a guy five dollars mm. because he played a Dark Side of the Moon song on guitar and it was a cover but it was a good cover he did it justice and you go climbing with your buddy and you pick up a blue jay feather in the flat irons and you use that blue jay feather as your bookmark for a while until you lose it and (laughs) you do lsd with your girlfriend which radicalizes you and convinces you to commit regicide it's just the playbook all right yeah yeah he (laughs) okay yeah, uh, yeah, no, he, he. They say he, his girlfriend radicalized him, um, and then that all just, happens in one day. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's one, one day one in Boulder. <laughs> that's one day <laughs> that's in Denver. That's one day in Colorado, dog. That's just one. And you eat some damn good pizza. And you yeah, hiked. Am I, am I right, folks? And you <laughs> hiked. You hiked so much. You were so outdoorsy. <laughs> Who are you? You're not this yeah, guy, yeah, but you nice. you are this guy if you lived mm-hmm. in Colorado. And you build so, cairns. His okay, so, <laughs> all right, his girl. Yeah, say it says his girlfriend radicalized him, and they basically say he just. He assassinated Faisal because he was like Faisal was the antithesis of like everything he hated in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a lot of people in the Middle East are you know are gonna look at that and be like, oh yeah, he gets assassinated right after he shows that he ha- he can have the power to <laughs> yeah. to basically mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. make the U.S. Mm-hmm. economy decline by somebody who had been studying in, in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, I think he was just jealous that he got Man of the Year. You know. Like, like, who is his girlfriend? She don't mm-hmm. even got no followers on Instagram. Nope. Mm-mm. This is a this is a bot. You are. Mm-hmm. This is a this, this is, is a the bot. CIA. <laughs> I, I think maybe. All right. Uh, and so yeah, so there's that that conspiracy theory out there. Um, so, but again, that might be like overestimating our own ability. But yeah, no, 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 no. Um, so uh, after King Faisal has died. We will now move on to now. Now, uh, it will be Khalid bin Abdulaziz Al Saud, who 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 will uh, who will be the king. Who will be the king? I think the second in command, the, the prime minister, will be Fad bin Abdulaziz Al Saud as crown prince. Right, he's going to be crown prince, and then and then in third in position, the third to follow will be Abdullah bin Abdulaziz Al Saud. Um, Khalid's more of like an internal guy with Fad being more of like mm-hmm. the external guy and seemingly mm-hmm. like and people yeah. think of Fad more as the leader. Um the of course you had that first five year development plan that that was launched uh, a while ago. Then they, they follow up with the second development plan. But it's both mm-hmm. it's like it's mad progress for both. It's not particularly exciting. Um you know, uh, moving forward, uh and then in nineteen seventy nine uh, extremists uh, will seize the Grand Mosque at Me- uh, of Mecca, um, and doubly, 
the second thing that will happen in 1979 to kind of externally scare uh, the Saudi royal family will be uh, the rev- the revolution in Iran. So mm-hmm. that's where we're going to end it today. We're going to talk, uh, but on the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, the reasons for that seizing of the mosque in Mecca, uh, the turn that the government takes, uh, the Saudi government takes. Uh, particularly, also we're going to talk about the the Islamic the, the revolution in Iran and kind of the positioning that then sets up all the dominoes that then flow into the build up to 9/11. Um, what happens after 9/11 and what's going on today with the final summation of the state of Saudi Arabia today under MBS and a little bit about his come to power. So Sweet. heavy ready. episode I next am, week. I am, I'm excited. And it's a good time. We're having more fun. We're having more fun in, in the Arabian desert than I thought. We had. That's right. <laughs> a little bit tricky over here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. But it's a good time. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Um, uh, you guys can follow us on all social media. Um, you can find you. You can find me this week. I will be. Uh, I, I don't. I, if it stops raining, I don't know. Maybe I'll be somewhere. Um, I'm going to New York this week. I'll be doing shows in Brooklyn. And follow me on on Instagram, and you'll see those. See where I'm doing shows at. Um, Henry, oh Brooklyn and Queens. Henry, how you doing? I'm you coming out the house. I'm, you coming out the house. I'm, I'm chilling. Nope. Not nope. Yet. That's a good decision. And yeah, and, yeah. and I support you in that, and I support and I and I and I and I don't know what I'm doing, and <laughs> and I love you guys. We'll see you next time. Okay. Peace, man. Peace. Take care. Peace. <laughs>